Alrighty guys, welcome to a first episode of our pop culture segment that we're going to do every week. Um, we have a pretty good upload schedule, we're going to cover TikTok, all of that in the future, but right now, today, we're going to be talking to Michael and Jeff about their college experiences with soccer. Jeff, Michael, how are you guys? Doing great, thanks for having us. Good, Michael, how are you? Uh, feeling good, I actually am just getting over COVID, so uh, it's been a weird week, but you know... It is what it is. I'm feeling good. That's good. That's good. That's what we like to hear. Uh, let's get into it. My first question, what was your favorite thing about college soccer, Michael? Well, first off, where did you guys play? Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. That's a good point. Yeah, so I played at uh, University of Texas at Dallas, D3 school, technically based in Richardson, but as the name would suggest, Dallas. So, you know, born and raised in the Dallas Metroplex and went on the campus and fell in love there. So, uh, really really love that campus and was, had a great experience and michael uh you played striker correct yep all you know all four years that's what i was listed at um kind of into junior year senior year played a little uh, in the 10 spot but uh you know stereotypical target man jeff what about you well i played at oklahoma can y'all hear the squeaky toy yeah it's okay <laughs> I played at Oklahoma City University, which happened to be in Oklahoma City. Uh, I also played striker. Uh, that's an NAIA college. Very fun. Brilliant. All right. But yeah, Michael, what was your favorite experience uh, playing college soccer? I mean, that's winning the conference championship. Uh, it's, it's the big thing, right? So, you know, it's NCAA. Everyone's kind of aware with it. Um, for D3, the, the conference championships are, are a pretty big deal. Um, you know, you, you're working all season, and that's the end of it. And then, you know, not everyone gets to go to the NCAA tournament, right? That's what everyone knows about, uh, specifically March Madness. That uh, soccer kind of follows that same kind of look that basketball does. Um, so, the, you know, the big show for us was the conference tournament every single year. Um, and by my, the end of my time there, you know, the expectation was that we were going to be in the finals. And so we were able to pull off the, the win in PKs. Um, so that, that, was, that was definitely it. Everyone, so was, UT, was UTD like a, like a championship winning school? Like was that the, like the culture around the soccer team before you were there? Uh, they had, had two championships before I was there. Um, and then while I was there, we played in three uh, out of – the four possible championship games that I could have been in. Um, so since then, the, the team that played after me, so the, you know, my juniors who turned into seniors, they were back-to-back state champion or conference champions. And then um, they've actually won one or two conference championships. Josh, you can correct me on that uh, since then as well. I think it's two. Yeah, so two more then. Oh, wow. So you're like, you're like group like your team basically like set the precedent for how good they were going to be in the future, kind of. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's one of the things that I talked about um, during my senior year. I was able to give a speech for the athletic department and how you know my class was part of that kind of change of culture um, and, and buying into it. Now, I mean, we had better players in a bunch of the classes below us. Um, but we were able to take a lot of the, the mentality and the hard work that our upperclassmen had when we were underclassmen and kind of passed that on. And so I think the combination uh, and the, the recruiting and kind of the philosophy really 
kind of came together and then they, you see it, you know, a, a dynasty kind of happen. So could you speak a little bit to, you know, that championship mentality of the team? Uh, you, you said you won the, the title in pens. Was there ever a doubt? Uh, what was the mindset in the locker room throughout the season and in that game? Um, you know, it's, it's crazy because my freshman year, we went to the championship game, lost in pens. Um, and I was actually walking out on the field. I was going to be number seven. Uh, and my coach looked at me and another guy said, hey, you two switch, push me to number eight. Number eight missed. I didn't get to shoot. Um, and I scored the game time goal then. So um, oh, it was crazy. In my time there, actually, I was the only player to score in a championship game um, because of that game time goal my freshman year. Every other game ended up um, – we, we got shut out um, the junior year that we went, and then senior year went to 0-0 zero, zero pins. So um, that was crazy. But, I mean, there's always a doubt, right? You have to play the game. Um, but that's, that's really what it came down to is the expectations and that you had to go out and play. Um, and, and we had a really competitive group and a really good group. I mean, I started more as a freshman than I did as a senior and the coach came in and he would tell us, you know, a 22 year old should be better than an 18 year old, but we're going to play the best players. And, you know, there are guys that would outwork me and that were performing better. And so when I you know got to that time as a senior, I kind of understood. I, I definitely wanted to play, but I knew that, you know, as anywhere, and as any coach should tell you, you decide your playing time by your performance. Um, but I still had a lot of that mentality. I was a leader uh, off the field as well. And so, like, the championship game, I took my PK cold, didn't play a single minute, and I took a PK. So, oh. um, but, yeah, as far as was there a doubt, I mean, it, it was always – really tight uh we beat ut tyler that year uh, and they always had really good teams um but we were you know we were the constant and and you know the finals uh, the, the other teams were the ones that were changing around us i mean that would have been so poetic score the 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 goal to put it into pens and then mm -hmm. score the winning penalty but nice. uh jeff what about you what was your favorite experience in college soccer so my, my freshman year, uh, we actually won the, the regular season conference. Um, so we got home field advantage. And then going into the, um, the quarterfinals of the conference tournament, like Michael said, I mean, it was, it was great. That was like our championship time. I mean, that was, it was anybody's to win. Um, but the quarterfinals, I actually scored the, the game-winning goal in overtime. Um, so that, that was just a, a, at home. I mean, you can't beat it. On those on those cold December nights, mm -hmm. he turned the jets on too, boys. I've seen the the video. I wanted to get it to you guys. It's a it's a thing of poetry. Yeah, yeah my my grandma actually bought me a shirt that said "fastest." Uh, I think it's like "fastest player in the field" or something like that. And I feel like it's got to be a slap on the face. She knows that I was not the fastest. <laughs> for for your listeners, paced by the goalkeepers on, yeah. on a regular basis. Oh man! Yeah, for your listeners, Jeff and I are both six two, six three, and we were one hundred and eighty five pounds going into college. So when we say like stereotypical target men, you know that's that's what it is, and, and we've only gotten bigger since then. But uh, <laughs> and yeah, it really surprised me when oh, yeah, man. Jeff, you said you put the burners on. I I did not imagine you had, <laughs> had burners. Uh. <laughs>
he, he really said that, like, obviously you expect a 22-year-old to be better than an 18-year-old, except in my case, you got 26-year-olds and 28-year-olds playing from, that were playing in Brazil or they, they played semi-pro in England. So it was, it was definitely, it was, it was tough to get on the field, but when you did, it was, it was so great. How was that competitiveness in the step up from high school to college? Michael, you said you played a lot more as a freshman than you did a senior. Uh, was that, uh, I, I guess, the speed of play, the physicality, was it different at all? Did you expect it? How did you adapt to it? I spent the summer um, training with a lot of the team, and so I kind of knew a lot of the guys going into it. And then, um, you know, it, it was always just trying to be ready. Um, the best goal scorer to come out of UTD was a junior when I was a freshman guy was insane. He scored 17 goals that year. It was like at will. Um, and he got appendicitis, um, for the conference, the first conference games. Right. So again, normal NCAA season, you have, uh, some preseason games like exhibitions, and then you've got preseason games that are going to go on your record. And then you've got conference and conference is what matters. Right that first conference weekend, he got appendicitis. And so, um, I was playing, but I wasn't starting. Well, I was the next guy up to start. And so I got my chance, got an assist in that first game and kind of never looked back. He came back and I got to play with him versus being the third or fourth man there. Um, and so, I mean, it really came down to just buying into the philosophy and that was the hardest part really. I mean, again, I've always been one of the biggest guys on that team. Um, and I go back to alumni games. I'm still one of the bigger guys on the team. Um, so the physicality part was, it was different, but it didn't take long to adjust to. Uh, it was really the speed of play. Uh, Cause the way that that conference works specifically, it's all about high press all the time. And so other teams, they'll, they'll send their forwards out in 15 minute shifts with the expectation that they're going to sprint for 15 minutes and then come off the field. Um, so just, you know, getting used to that kind of play style and that kind of pressure when you have the ball was definitely the biggest adjustment. Jeff, what about you? Uh, what, how, how was that transition from high school to college? The, the physicality definitely was, was a huge change. I mean, um, high school refs, they'd call everything. And then these, these college refs, they, they let pretty much anything go about let you get away with murder. Um, so that was that was definitely a big change, um, and then the, obviously the speed of play. Uh, my my coach kind of had the different playing style where Michael's coach uh, he he liked to get the subs on a lot. Um, my coach was more traditional. He liked you could have unlimited subs, but he'd only really like to make three or four subs a game, um, and that was pretty much his limit. And that's that's just the way he was a old fashioned English coach, and so that's that's just the way that he played. And that's one of the differences that I think that you can kind of see with NAIA and D3. Um, and, and, you know, it was a public university or it's a private one for Jeff, right? They, y'all carried like 18 guys on your roster, right? We didn't dress people. Like we had a roster so big that not everyone got a jersey for a game. And so, you know, it came down to injuries happen, right? Your star player gets appendicitis. You've got pulled hammies all the time and everything like that. And Because, again, we're not talking about hurt. When you play college soccer, you're hurt the entire time. We're talking about injuries where you cannot play. And so, you know, you need that depth um, because it's a, it, that's another change too, right? You're constantly sore. And that's one of the things I told Josh before he got into college. I said, that's, that's going to be the biggest change for you. You get one day off every single week, but you're just going to use, get used to being sore. 
all the time and you just kind of get used to it and that it, it starts to feel good because you're you're definitely used to it but there it's it's the craziest feeling i remember one of i think it was my junior year of our, our preseason we actually went 70 consecutive days where we didn't have a day off and like there were some days where we were just like necessarily watching film but like it was pretty much like seven days a week at that point like it was they were i don't know they were trying something new or something but it was <laughs> all right all right so i'm gonna ask a question that i've been wondering i feel like some of our listeners are also wondering who do you guys think was better <laughs> out of the two of y'all <laughs> We'll, let's hear what Michael has to say about this first. I, I think the kind of question has to be like, at what? Um, Soccer. Because <laughs> just like just like in general, like if I if I have a twenty three man squad, got twenty two players, I'm looking at both of you guys. I mean, I, I'm a cocky guy, so I'm gonna say me, and I think that Jeff's <laughs> gonna say the same thing. I think he'd want to say that, but uh, you know, I will say that I don't know anyone that can use their body to hold off someone the way that Jeff can. Um, I mean, you feed a ball into him and no one's going to get it and he's going to do a, you know, like a full spin with it. It, Like it's, it's kind of incredible to watch. Uh, I think I'm probably better in the air and then, you know, he's a lefty and I'm a righty, right? So the fact that he's a lefty and there's not as many of those, you kind of got to give him the edge there. But again, as far as full on, who do I say is better? I'm going to say me. I'm a competitive guy. (laughs) I'm going to echo that same sentiment, but I, I also think that I'm the better one. Um, but I will say that, that if looking at, if you're looking at paper, I mean, he's got me all the way. I mean, in terms of, of minutes, assists and goals, I mean, there's, I'm sure there's, there's no comparison. Um, just that, that was just the way it was. Um, my coach had a different playing style. And so I didn't see the field as much. Uh, he definitely, so, he put some goals away. I mean, he, he did. So, at the end, you know, every striker needs to be a good finisher. Who's the best finisher? I think if you were to take us out to an indoor field right now or just any old pitch, he'd probably be finishing better. Because um, it, it kind of my after career, I kind of shifted to sitting back further, uh, you know, kind of playing in a holding to attack in mid, but not running a lot and just kind of teeing people up, um, setting up dimes, everything like that. So, I mean, I'd say he's the better finisher right now, but uh, I, you know, when I finished, I was the 16th ranked goal scorer in UTD history. This guy. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that I think outside the box, he's got me all, all day long. Like he's, he's just got that range that I feel like I, when I try to get that power on it, that I just, I lose my accuracy. So uh, we do need a little bit of a tiebreaker for this though. Uh, Josh, as the younger brother, who do you think is the better player? Josh, keep in mind, Christmas is coming up. They're both going to be getting you gifts. <laughs> and, well, that's tough because they both have their different attributes to them. You know, um, you know, one of the things I picked up from Jeff, Jeff has like in like tight spaces, there's a lot of, you know, flair to it. Like he has like, he's a big guy, but you don't expect to kind of, you know, flare in tight spaces, kind of dribbling to get out of them. And so that's one thing that, I've I prefer like I like, but Michael is also incredibly smart in positioning wise, and you know knowing where to be and when to be there, and so those are both big 
aspirate like are both things I've learned from them. But come on, Josh, this isn't politics. Yeah, bro, that was a non-answer. <laughs> that was a non-answer. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to say, with uh, positioning wise, that'd be it's more effective or one of the better things I've learned. So with the uh, intelligent side or like learning where to be, Michael has been better with that. All I know is that if you if you're playing soccer with race cars, then no contest. Fastest on the field. Talking Rocket League. <laughs> He's talking about the the soccer that counts. Yeah, yeah. car yeah. soccer. Yeah, what the real professionals play. All right. I, I also want to know from you guys. So obviously you've you guys made it pretty far, further than I pretty much like ninety percent of soccer players would. Like, what, what do you think is, like, missing from the level that you guys were at compared to professionals? Because, like, outside of people that have played in those scenarios, you don't really know. Like, you can't really tell with, the, with like, just by watching them, like, how different they really are or, like, what edges a professional over a college player. Yeah, and no, I can actually say this because I've, I've played with guys growing up. They got drafted. Um, and I've got friends that played professionally overseas, came back and played in the MLS. So, um, and, and knowing what those guys were like, um, and so I'll give you a couple of different answers, right? The number one thing is athleticism, right? And that's, that's more of the American way than anything. Um, I had a friend who was playing for New York FC when David Villa came over and David Villa was getting in like last in the fitness tests. And he's like, yeah, I was in the fourth most shape on the Spanish national team. This is David Villa, one of the best goal scorers to ever play the game. And, like, to me, that kind of summed up what's wrong with, you know, the American soccer system. But, that you know, you can already see that that's starting to change with the fact that our entire national team is starting in different leagues in the MLS, right? Like, that's – it's a really good step. Um, and and then the other thing, right, is just the mind. It's it, like I'm a smart player, as Josh says, and that's to me that's one of my best traits. I'm very proud of it. And these guys, like, they see things that I wouldn't ever like see in my wildest dreams. Like, and, and that, and they don't make mistakes. So this same guy played for New York City FC. Not a great athlete, but again, got into shape, was doing the fitness tests, and so that like that's something that you can just push mentally through and get done. You may not be the fastest player, but you can compete and go for 90 minutes. That's something that you can overpower and do but this guy didn't make a mistake like you almost like you wouldn't really see him on the field because he didn't make a mistake you get the ball it's gone and then he, his positioning for defensively was that so i mean that's really it right it's and it's those two things the athleticism and the mental game that's that's really the difference that because there's guys that we played with that are really good and they probably had a tryout or whatever and then as soon as they got on the show and played against those guys they looked like you know a, a kindergartner Jeff, what about you? The the guys that I, I played with, some of them that were like they they did play professionally over um, in England specifically, um, and they they were just so consistent with just the way they stroked the ball. Um, they they would not if they got a chance they would bury it. Like the consistency that these guys had was just levels ahead, and I think that really carried over to that next level. So with that next level, um, not really with that next level, but what what do you think is going through a soccer player's head now, you know, uh, during COVID? We, we do have one college soccer player here, Josh, but he, he has, he's yet to play a game because of COVID. 
How do you think college sports will adapt to COVID? How do you think they'll overcome those challenges? I mean, it's it's a question that's going to differ across the country, right, with different laws and different opinions on what people think, uh, you know, of how serious this is. Um, but, I, you know, I think that specifically at, you know, we're Josh's level, right, um, all the players are there because they want to play soccer. Like, that's that's such a fundamental and basic thing, though, right? Like, they want to play soccer. They're not getting paid to do it. There's no incentive to do it. They just want to play soccer. And so at some point, they're going to find a way to do it. And I, I think that the places that are going to allow them to are going to see, you know, movement, especially for the people that are able to, to be able to do it. Um, I, that's, that's really, I think the main thing, right? Otherwise they're going to continue playing in rec leagues around, you know, North Texas here, there's indoor stuff that's opened up. Um, and, but as far as that, like, I think that it's going to harm the people that aren't fully able to, um, if that makes sense, right? Like, I mean, there's no experience like game experience and at the college level, right? Like there's, there's the highest level I played at. I've not seen anything like it. And I've, I've played in rec championships and, and all kinds of stuff. And, you know, even then you get some intensity, but it's not even just that, that intensity never even matched a regular conference game for college. Yeah. I mean, we could have the most intense practice ever. Um, just the highest of intensity and that, that wouldn't even match the the intensity that that would be like a preseason game. One that doesn't even go on the record. doesn't matter. I mean, it's just, it's just a different level. So it's just, just how it is. And, and it's something that like, you you have to experience like I, I drove up to see Jeff play and you know I think the same the experience was the same for when I watched UTD before I was there right like you're you're filling up stadium with 500 something people the lights are on the field the grass is like manicured it's it, it you know it's, it's the best grass you'll ever play on and um, that kind of experience right that atmosphere is something that's just so empowering it feels so good and you like when you're in the 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 role of the season, right? You like all you're thinking about is so our schedule is like Thursday, Saturday if for home games. Basically you're just going weekend to weekend, right? Everything else in between is practicing classes. It's just kind of a blur. Like in your mind, if you're looking at the calendar, you've got all the game days circled. You just can't wait to get to them. How, how, how was that managing the, the student athlete life? Did you find it difficult at all? Was it easy to balance? It's, it, it was, I mean, for me, it was fine. I, I think that it kept me busy enough uh, during like in-season semesters that I did better than like off-season. I try to load up in off-season just to, to kind of stay busier because I do better when I'm busier. Um, but college is the craziest thing. I know you guys are just finding this out and it's, you're in the weirdest college environment ever, but college you is a time of your life where you have more time than you've ever had in your life before. And the least amount of time you've ever had in your life all at the same time. Right, because you're not stuck at someone telling you what to do for eight hours in the middle of the day, potentially a little bit after when you're going to practices or whatever your parents have you signed up for, right? It's it's all you, it's whatever you're gonna do. So you have to figure out how to coordinate that. But then also you're like, Well, I can get up early, I can stay up late, doesn't matter. Uh and, and you got time in between to do whatever you kind of want. So um, you know, as long as you can kind of be real with yourself, understand you know, what kind of person you are, um, to me, I think it's extremely manageable at, at our level. Now, you want to talk about D1 and some other stuff, that's a different conversation. And I think the you know the Disney Plus movie uh, Safety kind of really showed that. Um, but again, that's a different conversation. 
I'll echo that. That it's the most time you've ever had, and also the least amount of time. I mean, that that hits it right on the head. Uh, I, I will say that I was fortunate enough that our conference was mostly Oklahoma, um, so like the longest away it would be is a, a away game would be three hours, and there's a couple Arkansas and Texas as well. So those when you're when you're on a on a bus at getting home at two a.m. on a Tuesday or I guess a Wednesday morning after a Tuesday night game. Um, that was definitely um, taxing on, on like Wednesday's classes or something like that. But normally, um, if you just make sure you get your stuff done, then it wasn't wasn't too bad. Um, it was just definitely the most time and the least time. Right, like he, he, they played Tuesday night games. Um, and so they'd either be home games or they'd be away games. For us, it was Thursday night were our home games. Uh, we would do Thursday, Saturday, or Thursday, Sunday. And basically, you have like a travel partner. So um, we'd have another team that's somewhat kind of close to us. And so both of us would kind of drive the same area and we'd both go to the two separate cities. We'd play our games, then we'd switch and play and then we all go home and, and we didn't ride together. Um, that's just kind of how they paired it up. But ours again, Thursday, Saturday. And then if we were on the road, it was Saturday, Sunday. So if I was missing class, it'd be sometimes on Friday when we had to leave early and go. So, you know, I, I don't nearly have that same experience because we'd be driving home and we get off the bus, everyone be like, hey, let's go shower, and then we go to someplace and party. Side note, I've had more Subway on the road than I, I will ever need in my whole lifetime. I don't eat Subway anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I won't watch it. Okay, so I've heard a lot of like of advice from y'all over the years, obviously, being my brothers, but what would advice be to some of the listeners, you know, to obviously prevent injuries, to kind of manage your schedule, and just kind of what to expect from a college season and what it's like playing college soccer? Uh, fitness and flexibility are the two biggest things for not getting injured. And I say that as someone who could have always done better in both and could still do better in both. Um, but you know, I, I had a lot of longevity, right? So it comes down to, to making sure you're taking care of yourself, listening to what the coaches and the athletic trainers are saying, if you're at a place that has those resources, um, you know, I've listed off a couple of, you know, things that I'm proud of in my career. The thing that I am most proud of is that I am the record holder for games played at UT Dallas. Um, and so in my four years, the only game I, I, I only didn't play in one game, um, and that was my senior year. Right. So that's, and that, that's not saying that like I was ever injured or anything like that. Like the coach decided not to play me one game. I played in every single other game and the, there are players that came before me that were way better than me. We're talking all Americans, guys that could sniff that pro level and guys that have come since me that are way better than me in that same class. And they didn't do that. And the reason they didn't do that is because they weren't healthy that entire time. Um, during the spring season, I'd gotten hurt and wasn't able to play in some of those games, but you know, they don't count towards the, the actual official record. And so, you know, when it mattered, I was healthy. And so, again, that's uh, – I can't stress enough. Good night's sleep, taking care of yourself, um, you know, just doing the things you're supposed to do. I'll speak to the the managing your time uh, and, like, your schoolwork, et cetera. Um, is when you're on the a, a team, um, there's an expectation of a certain GPA you have to manage, but there's also uh, you have to maintain a GPA to be eligible. Um, and so there's there's plenty of resources out there. I mean, your coach is gonna if you get a C in a class, they're gonna get your um, your what do they call it in the middle of the semester? 
actually. Like mid year. You mean like a study hall? Oh, uh, midterms. 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 Oh. I've been out of college too long. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, don't get your midterm grades, and so they're gonna they're gonna be on your ass uh, if you don't if you don't take care of business in the classroom. Um, so there's and there's definitely like those resources like academic tutors specifically for athletes. Um, there's just lots of lots of opportunity to get help if you need it. And I, and I think I want to echo that really uh, as advice anytime in your life, no matter what you're doing, um, is, is communicate and go look for the resources that you have, right? You have to utilize the resources that are given to you. Um, and, and some people don't aren't even aware of the resources that are given, right? Like this isn't for people who are, you know, completely down to luck, don't have access to anything. But like if you're at the point where you're on a college program or you're even, you know, you, you got to camp on a college program, you have a lot of resources available to you at that point. And then if you make the team, you're going to have even more from there. And so it's, it's communicating, right. It's using those. And, and I give that as professional advice to anyone that would hire on, uh, on my team at my company. And I'd say that, you know, understand what resources you have available to you and, and communicate with people and ask questions. Um, because you've got an entire team of people who want you to succeed and that's, that's literally your teammates. And plus, at, at a school, a lot of those people that aren't even on the team want you to succeed as a person as well. Um, so you got that whole culture and environment together. So communicate. And uh, it, it's going to make your time a lot easier no matter what you're doing. All right. Well, that's all the time we have. Thank you, Michael, and thank you, Jeff, for coming on to the podcast, talking a little bit about your experiences. And we'll hope to have you on again soon. Thanks for having us. That's- be sure to follow us on TikTok at the Kitmen Podcast on Instagram at underscore the Kitmen. We have a excellent recording schedule for you guys this week, so we're gonna upload this one Saturday. We have a new soccer episode for you guys Monday, a pop culture episode for you guys Tuesday with Richard on. You may have heard of him, pretty big TikToker, and then another episode for you guys Wednesday. And that's going to be about how COVID-19 has affected small businesses. See you guys then.